Impulse buying has been ingrained into our daily life. We shop when we're bored, we shop when we're sad, and we shop just because there is a sale. It's no wonder that many times we have no control over our spending and have trouble managing our money. Today, I'm going to go over ways that you can help stop your impulse spending so you can start being more intentional with the way that you spend your money. Hey there, and welcome to the Marshmallows and Money Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Zachariah. I'm a wife and mom of two, a personal finance educator, and a debt-free money-saving ninja. I'm here to help you navigate this world of money so you can afford the life you want. So I'm breaking down dense money topics and translating them into easy-to-digest action steps so you can easily implement them into your life right after every episode. Grab a coffee or beverage, and let's chat about money. I've had many months where the spending got away from me, mainly because I chose to buy things that were not planned just because I saw it and decided I wanted it. And this was prior to me really committing to my financial journey. And it was something that caused us to live paycheck to paycheck for a really long time. It's exactly what drove us to debt. That notion that we must have the item right now, there's no waiting, no thinking, no saving for it. It's the feeling that the item will somehow fall off the face of the earth if I don't buy it right now. That kind of crazy thinking is what gets us into impulse purchases. And it's exactly how advertisements are targeting us. They show us something and we instantly feel the FOMO and have to go buy it now. And we think that this is going to be the end all, the solution to whatever that problem is that they've promised to fix for us. And what ends up happening is we clutter our homes with a ton of things that don't add value to us and just clutter our space instead. So today I want to not only show you how you can really control your impulse purchases, but also avoid hoarding things and creating clutter in your home unnecessarily. After becoming debt-free in January 2018 and paying off a whopping $105,000 in less than five years on regular accountant salaries, may I add, I can tell you that controlling my purchases was a game changer for how much money we actually spent throughout the month. It was well worth reeling that in and really taking control of it because it was the key driver that helped me save a ton of money where otherwise I would still be in debt to this day. It's a mindset shift. And so today we want to get you to a place where you start moving around those thoughts in your mind and allow yourself some time and some space to really consider the options before taking out your credit card or your debit card and making a purchase. Here are some of the things that I started implementing so that I could cut back on my impulse purchases. Number one, I started planning out my purchases. I don't buy things willy-nilly anymore. If I really want something bad enough, I start adding a sinking fund to my budget. And if you've been here a while, you know exactly what I mean by sinking fund. And if you have my budget printable binder, then you know exactly where to put it and how to implement the sinking fund strategy. And if you don't, you can click on the budget bundle linked in the show notes or go to ginazachariah.com slash resources to pick up that budget bundle. It is incredibly helpful to teach you how to start saving for the things that you want. Going back to the story, if I really wanted something bad enough, I started adding that to the sinking fund and I would not purchase it until I could pay for it in cash. This was a promise I made to myself because 99% of the time, the items that I wanted 
weren't going to go anywhere. They weren't going to disappear off the face of the earth. I could take my time in saving money for those things. And chances are, a lot of the times that I saved for those things, I realized after a few months that I really didn't need them. And that initial excitement of having that item started to wear off. And then I realized that I no longer need it. And it was a great thing to practice this because when I started practicing this delayed gratification strategy, instantly I started to become more intentional and mindful with the things that I was putting into my cart, no matter where I was. Number two, I started making a list of the items that I saw in the store and I would keep that list for 30 days. This is right along the line of saving for those things. You're still giving yourself the space and the time to really consider if you want this item or not. You're not being subject to the frenzy that sometimes comes with the sales and the advertisements and everybody's purchasing it. You're actually giving yourself time to step back, think about it, and allow yourself to see if this is something that is actually going to serve your life and bring you joy. I can't tell you how much I feel like number two is magic. I'm telling you, this list actually helps me see what I really, really want without having any buyer's remorse after I purchase it. If the item stays on my list for 30 days and I still want it, great. I've been saving for it. I now can afford it. But a lot of the times it ends up being something that I thought what I would really want and realize that I have things at home that could probably serve the same purpose. And you know what ends up happening is I avoid the potential clutter that would have come from that item. I've given away so many things in the last several years of my frugal journey and I can tell you that there are so many regrets that I have with the things that I've purchased. I've put a lot of money into items that served me once or twice and then I forgot about them. And when I look at all that clutter that I'm donating, and by the way, after this episode, I'm going to donate some more items. I look at those items and I think, wow, that's money I wasted because I didn't give myself enough time to really think about it. And I don't think we give ourselves any time for that. It, we're in a rushing society where everything has to be done super fast. And if we're in the store and we see something, we just put it in our cart without even thinking about it. And getting into the practice of being more mindful and intentional with the way that we spend our money and the things that we bring home is going to make a huge difference, not only in your budget and saving money in the long run and helping you avoid more debt, but it's also going to save your space from having all of that clutter. Not only that, but it saves you from having to have so many items that you now have to use. Instead, you're able to simplify your processes at home. If you're in the kitchen, maybe you have one or two appliances that are your go-to versus eight that now you have to figure out where to store and you have to maintain and you have to clean and all of those other things that come with buying an item. You end up saving more time, a lot more clutter and money in the process. Number three, I started writing down my goals more often. Having my why and refocusing on what was really important helped me have a lot of self-control. If I wanted to lose weight, reminding myself of my why happened to strengthen me in my willpower. Similarly, when I have a money goal in mind, 
it helps me stop impulse buying because it reminds me of what I'm really saving for, what I'm really striving for. And when you write down your goals and you start reminding yourself of those goals, maybe you post them in a place that you frequent and you get to see them every day as you walk by and it helps you realign your habits with those goals. Number four, I stopped window shopping for fun. I have to tell you, this one was a hard one for me. I remember when I first got married and we were on our honeymoon and we walked into a store and I just wanted to look around and their items were beautiful. I was not planning on buying anything. I just wanted to go in and kind of get an idea of what they had. I love doing that, especially when you're in a tourist spot. Well, my husband is not that way at all. If we walk into a store, he gets incredibly embarrassed if we walk out empty-handed. It's almost like an insult to the shop owner because we're walking in, looking at everything, and basically telling them nothing was worth our money. And so he bought something that was pretty expensive at that time. It was a mortar and pestle, and it was made out of marble, and it was this teeny tiny thing that I could not actually practically use and it cost a lot of money. But he was so embarrassed to walk out of the store empty-handed that he decided this was worth sparing him the embarrassment. And I totally get that. But at that point, I was like, window shopping is a normal American thing. You have to understand we were in Egypt at the time for our honeymoon, and it is not customary for you to walk into a store and walk out empty-handed. In American culture, it's easy for you to go window shopping and have some fun just looking around, and nobody expects you to actually buy something. They know that there's a pastime in going to the mall and just walking around and doing nothing but just looking, right? I have to tell you, it is still a struggle sometimes. But if I'm being honest, window shopping almost always resulted in actual shopping. And I would come home with at least one or two things, things that I knew I didn't really need. But for some reason, because I was in the spirit of shopping and I opened that door, something came through. And I was putting myself in the middle of temptation, knowing that this was a weakness for me. I was making it harder for myself to succeed. I was making it harder for me to succeed. It's like a dieter who surrounds himself with junk food and sweets. Chances are you're going to crave those sweets more and more and you're going to cave in easier knowing that that food is around waiting for you to consume it. The same principle applies to window shopping. The less I started to window shop, the less I started to impulse buy. And it made a big difference in my budget. I noticed it from month one. Yes, it was hard, but the more that I continued with the practice, the more I realized the value in finding other pastimes that did not put me in that kind of temptation. Number five, I started setting a time limit for shopping in general, so I minimized my browsing. If you have items you have to purchase in the store, Choose a day and time when your schedule is really busy. Trust me here. The busier you are, the better chance you'll be in and out with only the items you need because you don't have time to sit and sift through the shelves and the aisles. I now do this really often, especially with grocery shopping. If I'm going to the grocery store, I try to give myself a time limit so that I can't just go browsing all of the aisles. Instead, I stick to my list and I go get the things I need, put them in my cart and move on. And now with online shopping like Amazon, it makes it so much easier. Everything that's in your cart is the stuff that you intentionally wanted to buy. And you can do that with groceries now too. There are mechanisms in place now that will actually help you not put things in your cart that are not necessary or weren't on your list to begin with. Number six, 
I started to differentiate between a functional need and a want. A few years back, I was obsessed with makeup. I blame it on YouTube beauty gurus, but to be honest, my obsession got so bad that I found myself with so much makeup that I was becoming a hoarder. I couldn't even finish all the makeup I had before it expired. That's how bad it got. I realized that many of the makeup products I was repeatedly buying had no additional functionality. Buying another mascara when I already had one that I was using didn't make any sense. Buying yet another eyeshadow palette with a few different colors that I didn't have made no sense. I already had six fully functioning palettes that were cluttering up my space. I did not need another one. So I started looking at all of the items that I had for their functionality rather than my want for them, rather than someone telling me that this is the go-to product I should purchase. And I started doing something that I had never done before. I started to implement the one-in, one-out method, meaning for makeup especially, I would not buy another mascara unless I was almost done with the mascara I was using. I would not buy any more eyeshadow palettes because I don't know if you know, but it's really hard to go through the entire eyeshadow palette. I don't wear makeup that often. And when I did, when we were commuting and going into work, I wore makeup five or six days a week, but even then it was very light. I did not put a ton of product on my face. And so now I have started to see those budgets dwindle in such a way that I have so much more money for the things that actually matter to me. Things like vacation time, things like going with my kids to somewhere fun and making a memory out of a day. That to me means much more than an extra palette that sits in a drawer. That totally rhymed and that wasn't meant to rhyme, but you get the point. Number seven, I started asking myself this question. Is it something I can request for my birthday or for Christmas? Making a list of the items you want throughout the year is a really great way to get those items during the holidays, like Mother's Day, your birthday, Christmas, Father's Day. It still isn't considered an impulse buy because you've planned it out and you've added it to your gift list. It's also a great way to help your loved ones kind of figure out what you want and you get to save money in the process. It also gives you time to think about the item and determine if it's something you really do want. Kind of like that 30-day list I mentioned before. And it's a great way to practice delayed gratification. I can't stress this enough. If you take nothing else from this episode, take this. Delayed gratification will save you time and time again because it gives you the space you need to practice intentionality and mindfulness when it comes to spending your money. The more delayed gratification you have, the more calm and peaceful your decision will be. If you are acting out of frenzy or FOMO, then chances are that's an emotional buy. And later on, you may regret that purchase. If you're acting out of practicality and something that you have planned for, it makes it a lot easier for you to be happy with the item that you purchase. Impulse purchases don't have to be a way of life anymore. These seven tips will help you start curbing your impulse purchases in a way that will help you save money, save energy, save clutter in your home. Remember, unplanned purchases actually steal money away from your true goals. The more you buy things on impulse, the longer it takes you to reach your actual financial goals. So it's time to take control of your spending now so that you can start living life on your own terms. That's all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you leave a review, I'll love you forever. Remember, today is yours. So make it count. 
I'll see you in the next one. Bye for now.